0: The six thirty Chad afternoon news with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross weekdays at two on six thirty Chad. Did
1: you ever have one of those days when you sure something was done? You, you, you're oh. positive that something was taken care of. Yeah. Whether, I you don't know, maybe your spouse is taking care of it. Maybe your co is taking care of it. Maybe you thought the banker was taking care of it.
0: <laughs> maybe but you thought you, it was taken care of automatically. Just automatically. Sure.
1: Only to realize that, mm, not at all.
0: This is a tough one. Sabrina Power, She was elected as a counselor for the town of Beaumont in that recent October 16th election. Seven people elected to council that day. But uh, it was brought to her attention on November 8th that she owed money to the town of Beaumont. The outstanding (laughs) bill was for utilities and Uh property taxes. Now, it's an honest mistake on her part. Uh, Her husband pays the bills. We talked the other day about how everyone has roles in the house, and in my house it's my wife, in her house it's her husband. Uh, He didn't pay the bill. And the rules say that you can't owe the township money. Um, If a candidate owes more than 50 bucks in taxes or more than $500 in utilities, and it's overdue by more than 90 days, they are ineligible to run in an election. So
1: technically, she shouldn't have even been allowed to put her name forward as a candidate, yes.
0: So now that it's come to the attention Mm -hmm. of Beaumont City Council, they asked her to step down and a by-election will be held. Mm -hmm. So here's the thing. Well... There's three ways they could have resolved this. One is to take the issue to counsel, which could dismiss it, and she would retain her seat. You could take it to a judge in the Court of Queen's Uh bench and have a judge decide. Once again, he may decide, he, she may decide, Um, To put it aside or you can submit a resignation which triggers a by-election and that's the (laughs) option that they chose Mm. But I I, I mean I would argue that given That she didn't qualify to run and they overlooked it that you can't go backwards now I mean once you've put your name forward as a candidate and it's been accepted and an election's (laughs) been held it seems like You have to make an exception now pay the bill and sit on council
1: well, shouldn't shouldn't that have been someone's job at the very beginning exactly. to check that?
0: Yeah. I mean, it just, yeah, it just, I could understand if she went to submit and they said, no, you owe money. And and if that's a requirement of running, you'd think that'd be something they check, right? But they didn't. So it's a mistake, right? She made a mistake. Her household made a mistake in not paying the bill. Mm-hmm. Um, whoever was running the election, overseeing the election, made a mistake in accepting her um her desire to run, uh, yeah, it's just a weird one. Uh, what's not in the story that I can't find, or at least I can't find it, is as to whether or not she's going to run in the by-election. I would assume so. Mm-hmm. She had an interest in representing her uh, constituents, and she was successfully elected. So you would assume. But if she does run in the election and she's uh, elected again, what a what a total waste of money, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: for for mm-hmm. Beaumont. Mm-hmm. It you know, and again. I hate, I despise when rules get in the way of common sense, (laughs) right? So a mistake was made, um... No matter how the mistake was made, it was made. She did run. She did win. So you have to, I think, as a judge, if a judge were to have looked at this, he would have, He, she would have said, what is the greater good mm-hmm, here? Mm-hmm. Um, is the greater good that we maintain the democratic process and have the person who was duly elected, run, uh, you know, serve? Mm-hmm. Or is due process best served by by
1: throwing out how much the, is the whole election? How, is the, how much is the by-election going to yeah. cost uh, the folks out there? probably more than her bill yeah right yeah but it's those it's those moments like what do you mean you didn't pay it what do it no you pay I, I, come on did you pick up the kids no i thought you were picking up the kids <laughs> that- did you turn on the oven no you know it's it's one of those things and i think we've all gone through something like this when we thought it was done mm-hmm. and taken care of and it's not
0: it's funny when it affects the outcome of an but, election. But an election though. Yeah, right? Because what does that household look like, right? What was supper like the next day? What was the conversation over <laughs> over well, meatloaf? You better help me do a new resume. <laughs> How many more times will that will Sabrina Powers asks her husband, "Did you pay the bills? Are you sure?"
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's a bad one. Yeah. Among the things Honey, you I can... promise,
1: you I did, I did. Yes. Right,
0: like in the handbook for husbands, nowhere does it say make sure you don't cost your wife an election. Like that's, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's not even in there.
1: Uh, there should uh, that should be in for some that I actually <laughs> think about it, though, right, Sam?
0: So. <sighs> that is weird. I'm just trying to think of things. To, did you
1: pick up the kid from the babysitter?
0: Yeah. See, no, I you did. Right. I, I, I must have told you the time that I drove to Fort McMurray, or not Fort McMurray, Grand Prairie with a girlfriend. It, it, we were living together at the time in Calgary. We drove to uh, Grand Prairie with the kids, with Ashley and David. Yeah. And we left at night so that they would sleep the whole night. And they would we would just wake up. They would wake up in Grand Prairie where her parents lived. And we'd be able to catch a couple hours sleep. And uh, they'd play with the Grand pra- It'd be fine, right? We stopped in Red Deer to get coffee to make sure we were alert for the drive. And it, it was at that point that I said, you know what? Let's not go to this gas station because there's too many lights. It'll wake up the kids. <laughs> and she said, well, here, I'll just put blankets up to you know cover their eyes a little bit and that's when we discovered the kids were not in the car i thought she put them in the car she thought i put them in the car we left calgary we were an hour and a half away from calgary they were still in bed back in calgary that's a long trip home <laughs> <laughs> you pretty much can't change the subject for an hour and a half at least
1: and you hope the ex-wife doesn't find out about <laughs> exactly
0: it. Hey, what's that gonna cost me Nah, people make mistakes right
1: Hmm. Cost the entire election.
0: And listen to this. Did the person responsible for checking, this is from a texting line, did the person responsible for checking for debts to Beaumont get fired? Yeah, that's just it. The only person who pays here is her. Yeah. Right, and and the citizens uh-huh. really of Beaumont uh-huh. who have to pay for another election, I suppose, and uh, this square up the outstanding bill to be done with get it. it get right. It. See, that's the common sense solution. Oh, but the
1: rule book says
0: right. But the reason you wouldn't want to let a candidate <sighs> run if they owed money to Beaumont is the same reason why you can't register your vehicle if you have an outstanding ticket. Uh-huh. You, because they want those tickets paid up. They want the bills paid up. So the w- what they're trying to accomplish is getting the bill paid. So if the bill is paid. Yeah, if she pays the bill, they've accomplished that without incurring the cost of a by-election. Like, that's what I mean. When rules get in the way of common sense, that's where it always, I just get my back (laughs) up.
1: Could it be argued that the marital partnership is in arrears, not the individual grabbing at straws? (laughs) Um. Considering that you two usually say don't speed if you don't want a speeding ticket, I find it funny that the election rules laws would be conveniently ignored.
0: Okay, so let me stop you there for a second. I never say that. So, you may, Jay. Oh,
1: I I do, yeah. Yeah, I
0: never... For
1: the folks that are, you know, against photo radar. Exactly.
0: I never whine and complain about getting a speeding ticket. If I sped if I sped and I got ticketed, I pay the ticket and and I go on to the next Yeah, thing.
1: but you don't like photo radar. There's a difference when you, well,
0: yeah. i I question photo radar. Yeah. I don't want to get going on that no, conversation. Let's not, please. But yeah, I question as to the what the real you know what the real thinking is behind photo radar, what the motivation mm-hmm. is behind photo radar. But that's I never say. You know don't speed if you and want to in rules. fact I'm the guy who gets mad at people who text that in
1: I, th- I think it's uh, one of those things he's saying okay yeah you're just gonna turn your nose on that one but it's what's what's going to be easy is that <laughs> <laughs> you know here's shake here's a text
0: that always makes me laugh as well. But I'll say this in the nicest possible way. So, I, you know, we can't talk about, uh, for some, there's some rule somewhere where we can't really talk about how many listeners we have. You can't talk about ratings or whatever. But just assume, folks, do the math yourself and assume that it's tens of thousands, right? Um, but you'll get at least one of these texts a day. Hey, I uh, just tuned in. What are you guys talking about? We can't really back the whole, <laughs> we can't really back everybody back because you just tuned in. So sorry about that. Tune in a little sooner next time. You'll be... Caught up. Hey, uh, speaking of uh, rules, here's another one that's just sort of weird. This is British Airways. It's not really weird. It's weird that there's pushback to
1: this. Well, I know. Okay. There you go. Right. So, British Airways. When I first read this, I'm like, what? And then I realized, oh. Exactly. (laughs) I exactly thought, oh, how dare they then i was like oh, there's this
0: massive uh, uproar uh, in england because british airways has decided to do this what they're going to do is <laughs> when they board their planes yeah. moving forward mm-hmm. they're going to allow the people who paid the most for their ticket to get on first and then the people who paid the least for their ticket to get on last and it's caused this people are accusing them of dividing the classes mm-hmm. and uh, discriminating on the basis of income i mean but then like you say jay at first i did the same thing i'm like they're going to do what and and you think... Well, that's what know, they that's do. A, that's what they do. That's what every airline does. First class We'd like to goes on 1st
1: super elite
0: Exactly. Our elite or, our, whatever. Our whatever. silver they or gold. They even get or. a
1: special little walkway compared to the rest of us who are yeah. like sections three, four, and five.
0: Which I've never understood that thing. They always have three, like these roped off three yeah. lanes kind yeah. of thing. You're like, what lane? Am, why don't I just walk? But forward.
1: just ticked right off in Britain Oh, about the this. British,
0: you know, they don't get upset very often, but well, when I they mean,
1: do... And the, the Brits, you want to talk about a class system? Uh, they, they no They've got kidding. a big one there!
0: Hey, look around, you got a royal family. <laughs> um, this method, says uh, British Airways, has been used by airlines yeah. around the world for years, including our partners, American Airlines... Uh, uh, well, how do you say those? Iberia? Iberia? And uh, Qatar... Yeah, it's not that unusual. We've been doing it here in Canada and the United States for decades. But it's like like you say, I did the same thing when I read it. You're doing what? Because I think of the way people are seeing it as like, okay, so everybody files their income tax. And then you say the richest person gets on. Yeah, no,
1: that's, that's not it. That's no. not it. No, or, and it's not like, oh, if you if you um, bought yours, you got a really great deal. You're not getting lost. Right. It's not Right, exactly.
0: At full fare, it gets on first. You know, full fare, uh, first class gets on first. Back Everybody to the deals.
1: Beaumont story. Yeah. Someone says, I thought it would be common knowledge regarding running for government. You can't, you can't even run for your condo board when in arrears. But again, That's true. You, she, she wasn't the one doing the paying. It was the husband. The husband takes care of that stuff. See, that's, an and, ins- and that's And and that's so then and that's an interesting conversation it is. right there as well. Because, because who's, okay.
0: the utilities and taxes are in whose name? So probably both of them. So they're equally responsible to ensure they are paid.
1: But if, okay, so this is your duty. This is your job in the family. You're going to take care of this. How much attention does the other partner pay to, to that? If I was, if I questioned. Oh, I'll coach, tell you right now, none. Exactly. I don't. Coach takes care of all of that stuff. I'm like, okay. Yeah. I don't have a clue. Um, he takes care of all of that, so I have to trust him yep. to say, okay, it was paid or it wasn't paid.
0: Do you know, it's funny. I've been married, we're coming up on 25 years. And in the first year of marriage, like I say, we agreed that Carol would run the finances. So my checks go straight to yep. her Um you know, depending on what the check is i 've got a lot of different income coming in from different sources, but generally speaking, she a certain amount of money goes in every week to the household account, yeah. and she pays her bills from that. But in the first year, we agreed to that, so I, I think in the first few minutes, we agreed to that because she brought to the marriage a great credit history. I brought a bankruptcy, mm-hmm. so we were like, yeah, no everything 's in your name, you pay whatever three four months into the marriage, um, my agent phones me. And says we just got a garnish she notice against you and it's for what and so there is a bill that had not been paid and they'd gone ahead and might have been Revenue Canada honestly so I went to Carol and we had one of the few fights we've ever had in our marriage mm-hmm. because she was paying our bills she was not paying my bills. bills and that was the point at which I'm like no you pay all bills would she have seen that bill uh, probably mm. not. I, like I just assumed sir I was very financially reckless back mm-hmm. then and so you know the, the statement would come in or whatever and I would have thrown Broke it in the a pile. somewhere. Yeah. Uh, but from that moment onward she has handled all finances. so and this is what I was telling you the other day when we sat down with the bank to talk about a mortgage and they started asking questions like, uh, well, how much do you pay right now mm-hmm. or what are your utilities?" I didn't know the answer to any of that. I have no idea. <laughs> I know they're paid in full. That's all I know.
1: Who wants to get on the plane first anyways? <laughs> that's would, true. I would rather walk around the airport than be stuffed in my seat. I wait
0: until the last second to get on the plane. That's true. I hadn't thought about
1: that either. 90 days over, that's three past due notices.
0: That is unusual. But- Listen, I, I think they you know, I'm not putting all the blame on the individual who allowed her to run. And... I'm not putting all the blame on the council that said she had to resign. That is, she, they're right. That's been past due for 90 days. Mm-hmm. So I would question, I, I, I tell you what, if I were her, I would run again. Uh, but first I would establish that uh, I pay the bills. <laughs> because clearly your husband I'm take
1: care of these stumbled things. on that. It's funny, there is, who is it? Is it, du- du- is it direct energy? That if you're like even a day late, they start phoning you. Mm-hmm. They start phoning you and you know, I'm like, why are you calling me?
0: <laughs> is that right? It's, and See, it's Carol has it down way- to a science. She knows how long it takes. She does everything online. She knows well, how long it takes. She
1: on does yeah. it all online, too, and it's all done. And they yeah. call me because I think my name's on the account. And I'm just like, I just ignore it, to be honest with you, because I know it's been paid. And I'll actually, you know, say to Jim, oh, Direct Energy is called. Did you pay? He says, yeah, it's all paid. I don't know if there's anything else that they want to talk to me about. They didn't call back. But it, it's yeah. like if it's, if it's 24 hours late, they start calling.
0: I have no idea why this is, but our we have a visa that is originally Carol's, but I guess I'm on it as well. And we've had it for 25 years. But for whatever reason, the bill goes to me, which is fine. Carol takes all bills, right? I don't even open them. Carol takes all bills and she takes care of them. But when they moved over to email and mm. to paperless bills, uh, they start coming to my email. So, I've asked Carol a million times, like, get a hold of the bank and tell them, yeah, change the email address because I don't want this. And she goes, just delete it, like, because I don't need the notification. Like, what does that mean? She goes, I know exactly what I owe and I know exactly when it's due. So, I don't actually, and to her way of thinking, and I know this is not common, to her way of thinking, she's like, I know how much I owe because I keep track of my spending. Like, wow, there's a concept. Nice little burn.
1: 25 on the 630 Chad Afternoon News. Eileen Bell will have the latest news headlines coming up in just under four minutes, five five minutes time. Uh, still to come on the show today, those tickets to A Christmas Carol at the Citadel will do that. Plus, Todd Hirsch and another edition of The Who
0: there you go. We'll join
1: us right after the 3:30 news.
0: Hit my cue that time. I noticed uh-huh. I missed it great, a great deal of the time last week.
1: Uh, Brian Hall is in today as well, covering uh, sports. Uh, and then he's off to the Grey Cup. Mm. <laughs> uh, tomorrow, no, I think no, he heads no. to. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. he's going to the Grey Cup. It's
1: Ottawa? Good to see somebody from
0: Edmonton going to the Great Cup.
1: Where is it going? No, it's Toronto. Tro- it's in Ottawa? Yeah, it's in Ottawa. Yeah. <laughs> Ow. Um, yeah, so he's going down down there. But boy, oh boy, we'll have to pick his brain a little bit about that uh. No, you pick his call. brain.
0: I'm not going to. I said all I need to say on Twitter last night. Don't, I, I, I can't say anything more on that call. I know that it was discussed on Ryan's show this morning and i know that somebody had texted in to say oh, the same people would be complaining if they had of tried for the first down and not got no they wouldn't because those people understood football and that comment suggests you don't <laughs> i'll leave it at that
1: got to get the points
0: you got to get a touchdown either way so that's like that's like declining to kick an extra you know what we're not going to kick the extra point what what do you mean you got to do something you, It's just that call made absolutely zero sense.
1: Okay. Yeah. Inhale, exhale.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Some good, deep cleansing breaths. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the only reason... No,
1: it wasn't. I mean, they, they, they got us all on the hook right off the top by yeah. scoring those two touchdowns. Sure. Thinking, okay, this is going to be an easy one.
0: You'll right? notice, uh, as much as I like to mock the other team in any sport that uh, Edmonton is playing, I did nothing no. about the Stampeders no, 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 no. when Cause they were down 14-0, because I'm like, oh, this yeah. is a long way from over. Yeah. Trust me. Yeah. They knocked the rust off, and then they knocked us off. Engaging conversation with Jalen Nye and Andrew Gross. Breaking news with Eileen Bell and sports with Morley Scott. This is the afternoon news on 630 Chat, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station.
1: Mondays at 3.30-ish. <laughs> it's time for
0: The Hoot. Oh, sorry, missed my cue on it that one. It is time one. for the, the Hoot. Todd Hirsch, senior economist, ATB Financial, joins us on the phone as he does Every Monday, hey Todd. Hey guys, it's always nicer to have you in studio. It was nice having you drop by I last know. week.
2: It was so much fun last week. Let's do it again.
0: Okay, because we get to talk. You know, you, then you get to have the two talks: the one on the air and the, the one, one off. off the air. Right, exactly. Yeah, they're
2: more fun too. <laughs> exactly. Hey,
1: so, um, you guys, ATB Financial released mm-hmm. um, the its most re- your most recent Alberta economic outlook this morning, and lots of interesting things in there. And I think for a lot of folks. It's good to see that uh, we're, we're kind of getting back on track, but for other folks, man, it's still gonna be tough times next year.
2: Yeah, it's been a big day for us. We released our November outlook, and this is something we do four times a year. And I always like to joke, the secret to good forecasting is revised frequently. <laughs> so, so we do this as a matter of course, every quarter or so we, uh, we uh, have a look at our forecast. We released our updated one today, and we are now expecting real GDP growth in Alberta uh, to come in just under 4%, both 3.9% real GDP growth. And that could, in fact, be, uh, it's quite likely, that it will be the fastest growth of any Canadian province in 2017. So we're back at the top of the heap in terms of uh, Canadian provinces and GDP growth
0: let God, me stop you there for a second todd if yeah. i could cuz i want to understand yeah. this math so a 4% growth in gdp um, is are you comparing the size of uh, all industry in the province i mean is that's right yeah
2: is, but so go go ahead no no you go ahead well, we are comparing, it, it does measure all industries, so it's not just the energy sector, it's all industries and the total gross domestic product for the province. Okay. And that's something that we'll only know in April when Stats Canada releases the official numbers.
0: Right, because generally speaking, when we talk about growth in Alberta, our minds tend to go specifically to the oil industry.
2: Yeah, um, and that is that is without question our largest industry.
0: Okay. So this four uh, percent growth is that across the board? So we can expect the oil industry to grow by roughly four percent.
2: Yeah, and that will seem a bit uh, counterintuitive to a lot of people because right. they're not feeling like they're seeing much growth anywhere at all. And that's why I said this this forecast it, it puts me in a bit of a bad spot because you know here I have to talk about Alberta. We're back on top, fastest growing province but people listening are not going to believe me because it doesn't feel like a fast-growing province. It's really more the way the math kind of works out. After contracting uh, more than Mm 7.5% in 2015 and 2016, the bar's been lowered. So in fact, even with 4% growth, we're only about halfway out of the hole that was created, Mm -hmm. the deficit, or I guess I I shouldn't use the word deficit, the uh, contraction that we saw over the last two years we're really only back to the size of the economy that we were at the end of 2012.
1: Well, okay. That
2: probably connects more with people because it doesn't feel like we are back on top. So
0: let me ask you this thing because I really am curious about this um, so again to the oil industry so again you know Albertans tend to think of the oil industry as being the only industry that we need to keep a sharp and close eye on because it's mm-hmm. the backbone of um, it's the backbone of the province. But during a time of contraction, does that change? Does the oil industry, still, while still very significant, become less uh, significant in the in the forecast? Well,
2: it's it's a good question and a good observation. The way I've been describing it is up to about 2014, the energy industry was the engine of Alberta's economy. It was fueling a lot of jobs, a lot of uh, wages, uh, both within the energy sector, but even bringing wages up outside the mm-hmm. energy sector. So it was the engine of the economy. After the recession, now in 2017 and going forward, it becomes the backbone. But we can't rely on the energy sector, at least not with prices at $55 a barrel. We can't rely on the energy sector to be that same engine of growth that was fueling everything forward. And you've been it's saying that for months here on the show. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and that's not new. We've talked about that on this show before.
1: What about uh, the unemployment rate? What about folks looking for for jobs? Is that going to, you know, what do you think on that front?
2: Yeah, this this is the rough spot, or I guess the fly in the ointment of the outlook, because overall the outlook's pretty good. But for most people, understandably, where they connect with the economy, they don't care about manufacturing shipments or, you know, oil drilling. They care about, do I have a job? or am I going to lose my job, or do my kids coming out of school, are they going to have jobs? It's always around the labour market that people become very uh, sort of personally involved with the economy, and that's the bad news. So right now we're stuck pretty close to 8% unemployment provincially, even a little bit higher than that in uh, Edmonton and Calgary, about 8.3% in each city. And that's too high. I mean, that's double where it was back in 2014 and it's still probably three percentage points higher than what we would call a balanced or healthy unemployment rate how does it compare to other provinces Todd Uh, I think well Edmonton and Calgary of major cities we are the highest unemployment rate Hmm. when you when you look at provinces you know because of rural um, or rural maritime provinces and rural Newfoundland their unemployment rates are still higher but outside of Atlantic Canada, Alberta is no question
0: the highest of Oh, rate. of course, yeah. No? Uh, so, listen, I, you know, I've had this discussion so many times from back when I was in university till last week when I was talking to my son, that if you want to understand macroeconomics, sometimes it's good to understand microeconomics. Now, my son has a job in a bar, mm-hmm. and, and he doesn't work 40 hours a week because he's a student as well. Um, the bar is getting busier. Uh, more people are coming in, but they're not hiring new staff. They're asking staff to work a little longer. His hours have increased. Uh, In some cases, they're asking staff to do more than one job. There's there's a real lag time between things improving in a bar to hiring a new server, and that's also true of an economy, isn't it?
2: You're absolutely right, and that's that's the dilemma we're in right now. So even though the economy is picking up, the job market is always the last thing to respond, sadly. Um, Although going into the recession, the job market is usually the last thing to respond to. So we were already in recession for probably a year before the unemployment rate really started to respond and and spike up. Now we're on the hump side of the, the recession. We're coming out Uh, But that job market is going to remain pretty tough for a while, I think, because exactly as you mentioned, businesses, most of them, I don't want to say every single one, but most of them, yeah, they're seeing sales picking up, people are busier. Uh, We might even ask some overtime of our existing staff, but we're not quite at the point yet where we want to bring on staff. We just ended up letting a bunch go. We're okay with the staff we have. But uh, it might be into 2018 or beyond before some of those businesses actually have to start hiring. And that's why that unemployment rate, it's, and this is very typical. It's always a bit sticky in coming down mm. post-recession.
0: Let me throw a bit of a grenade in the outhouse for you. Uh, so uh, an increasing minimum wage, would that not obviously have an impact on that lag time and getting people back into the workforce because it would take that much longer for an employer to to be able to justify paying another employee?
2: Well, that is probably true. Although I would point out the, the problem with Alberta unemployment is not at the low end of the wage scale. It's at the high end yeah. of mm. the wage scale. So by far, and that's why this recession was a bit unique. By far, the hardest hit in the recession were the higher income earners. So, I mean, what you're saying about the minimum wage, I guess, you know, in theory, that all seems to make sense. But in this case, I don't think it will have that big of an impact because the unemployment rate right now, it's not concentrated among the minimum wage workers. Hmm, that's an you know interesting what, Someone fact. listening is going to email me saying, I'm a minimum wage worker, <laughs> you know. Uh, and, you know, you're always going to find exceptions like that. But, you know, the, the unemployment has been concentrated in the high-paid uh, oil and gas workers, uh, not just the ones on the rigs but also the professionals in the office towers and also in some of those other uh, skilled professional trades.
1: Todd, lots of focus on the uh, energy sector, of course. Are there um, other sectors in uh, the province's economy that you expect to to shine in the coming months? Well, you know, I, t- I talk a lot about agriculture, agri-foods, tourism, and the tech sector, but
2: one that I, don't, uh, that I haven't talked about a whole lot but I'm becoming kind of interested <laughs> is what they used to call the transportation and warehouse, but now it's more like transportation and logistics. <laughs> and Alberta... You know, listeners in Edmonton might not like me, like might not like hearing this, but especially Calgary has really developed a concentration of transportation and log- and logistic companies. Uh The announcement that Amazon is moving a 750 worker uh, warehouse to just north of Calgary—it's exactly that kind of thing that uh, Alberta has. Uh, we're we're growing uh, in that, and the transportation. You know the. The WestJet, for example, uh, you know, Canada's second major airline, headquartered in in Alberta, uh, Canadian Pacific Railway, a lot of trucking companies, and a lot of the logistics around moving things around the world. I think that's a growing industry and we're seeing some of that in the numbers in the employment numbers a little bit. Cool. Mm-hmm.
1: That's
0: interesting. Hey. See, you talk uh, a lot uh, in the past, when we've talked about this, Todd, about uh, developing other industries in Alberta and how that is going to be a necessity moving down, uh, you know, the road. Is that mm-hmm. happening?
2: Uh, well, again, when we talk about that tech sector, there's lots of lots to talk about it. But it's a bit slippery to measure because uh, the way Statistics Canada measures employment, tech is not a sector, it kind of spans a bunch of different sectors. So there might be some companies that would fall under the category business services, you mm. know, if there may be a software developer. But there's also tech um, jobs being created, say, in the energy sector itself, or maybe even in the hospitality industry. Uh, people working in the hotel industry who are developing software that are, you know, tracking uh, hotel revenue. All of these things in the tech sector, it kind of spans a lot of different sectors. But I think this is where there's going to be some opportunities and new jobs. It's just a little flipper to measure. For sure. Okay. Interesting stuff, Todd. Thank you so much well, for this. It's always fun. Look forward to talking to you guys next Monday. You bet. Thanks, Todd. Okay, guys. Have a good week. You too.
0: Well, there you go, Todd Hirsch. Always a great conversation. So the other thing I wanted to ask Todd, but didn't get to it, so I just Googled it instead. 4%, uh, 4% uh, increase, right, in the economy? Mm-hmm. But that's lower than, in our heydays, the percentage of increase was in the magnitude of 6 or 7%. So that's, we're gaining ground, but we're gaining ground, even though it's better than other um, provinces, it's at a slower rate than other than our own province has been historically. So... I mean, like he said, and he's right. You can throw numbers around all day, and that's what economists do. And Todd's a good one. Uh, But at the end of the day, it's all about whether or not you, as an individual, are employed and where you
1: are in your world right now. Absolutely.
0: What level of employment are you employed with? Is it a suitable level of employment? Do you have disposable income? I don't think most. I don't think the average Albertan is feeling a recovery yet. And even those who were able to maintain their employment through a recession, um, many of them are doing more work than they did before for less money. And the dollar doesn't stretch like it used to.
1: Well, and those those folks that had those big paying jobs, Mm -hmm. those big paying jobs. And so let's say... For example, you're you're making 200 grand uh, a year, Mm -hmm. and uh, you've been out of work for how long? Now you're trying to find something, Mm -hmm. and even trying to find a hundred grand a year job. Yeah, I mean that's like let's be real.
0: It's tough. I don't know if you've ever been in that position, but I've lost an executive type job, Mm -hmm. like a management type job. You don't. typically step back into an equal management type job, you possibly are able to get another similar job with a smaller organization, or Mm -hmm. you go to a similar size company and start at a, a lower grade and try and work your way up again. It's rare that you just step sideways and you're in the same employment, same power, and same uh, income it just it doesn't happen and f- and you know it's and that job may never be available again because every time and all industries are cyclical the oil industry included, every time it goes through a cycle, it shakes out, uh-huh. you know, and it gets rid of a How whole much bunch of excess. Do without this and, yep. you know,
1: and they take the a look at
0: is it you know, more profitable yep. for the company to have contractors, or is it better to have employees? Okay. And they never want to make the same mistake again, but they always do. So, there will come a day when everything recovers and everybody will be happy again, but it's not quite yet. But we're moving in the right direction.
1: Four o'clock news coming up with Eileen Bell on the other side. Halsey will be in with a look at sports. Angus Watt from National Bank Financial joining us with a look at the markets. Um, all of that, much more. Your chance to win tickets to uh, a Christmas Carol at the Citadel as well. Stick around.
0: The 6:30 Chad afternoon news with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross weekdays at two on 6:30 Chad.